The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler show you what it takes to become a top 10% performer in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler and my co-host, Dr. Kathy Greenberg is on the phone. We'll bring her on just in a moment. Kathy and I have helped thousands of leaders to perform in the top 10%. And we always have exciting guests uh, on our show. And today we have Teresa Ray. We're going to be talking about organizational climate. Every organization has its own climate. And Teresa is an expert in working with organizations um, in that area. She is a consultant an executive coach, she's a facilitator, she's also an adjunct professor and a trainer. And Teresa is a professional executive coach and she has her own uh, consulting firm, TSM Inc., or also called uh, NWA Executive Coaching Solutions. We'll give you her um, website uh, in the show. She's based in northwest Arkansas, but she right now is in Florida. She uh, does a lot of traveling around. And she has um, had her organization since um, December 2005. And she's leveraged her 15-plus years of leadership and team-building uh, experience that she's provided coaching and consultation to a wide range of individuals and organizations. She also has experience in public and privately held corporations, as well as state and federal government uh, organizations. She began her coaching practice after serving as the Associate Director of Executive Education at the Center for Management and Executive Education at the Sam Walton College of Business at the University of Arkansas. And she specializes uh, in executive coaching, consulting, leadership, uh, communication, high-performance teams, conflict resolution, emotional intelligence. She's worked with all kinds of organizations, NASA, uh, the uh, Stennis Space Center, the Glenn Research Center, uh, University of Arkansas. And so we'll get more into uh, her background but I just wanted to also let you know that this is a good example. Like Kathy and I always want to bring you the best in current leadership topics, interviews with proven leaders, people who are actually out doing the leadership development, and provide evidence-based best practices to help you develop more leaders in your organization. <clears throat> and Kathy, welcome to the call. Thanks, Riley. I'm very excited to have Teresa with us. Uh, we were lucky enough to meet each other when we were working down at uh, the Walmart organization in Arkansas doing their executive education program. So this is a treat for me to revisit with a friend. And as you were saying, Relly, you know, many of our listeners uh, listen in not only because we have exciting guests like Teresa who have great experience, but because we know 
that leaders are, in fact, the heartbeat of any organization. But most leaders will really underestimate just how much influence they have over others, and as a result, they can underperform. And when they underperform, their teams underperform. So what we're going to learn today from Teresa about organizational climate is so important because doing just a few things different, well, just, you know, different or better or something that changes the climate and the culture can really improve your performance and your organizations. And what we try to bring in every one of our shows is a snapshot something that will help you develop more leaders in your organization, something that will help you learn about what happy companies know about performance and how to maximize that. We also talk about emotional intelligence and positive psychology strategies, brain and neuroscience contributions to top performance, as well as something about gender and generation differences, which, as you know, will impact leadership. We always try to bring in a little bit about strategies for managing you and your boss, something about work-life balance, and also many tips and tools which you'll, get, which you'll always gain and you'll certainly be getting today. So, Rally, um, I'm going to turn this back over to you for a minute. Oh, great. Well, um, before we bring on Teresa, we always like to give some of the uh, evidence-based research. And we talk a lot about uh, leaders. And the reason is that leaders have anywhere from 50 to 70% influence over the climate of the team. That's some of the stuff that we'll talk about a little bit more with uh, Teresa. And one of the reasons is that emotions are contagious. And if you think about it, the leader is the emotional thermostat for the team. And so the leadership team are the emotional thermostat for the climate of the organization. And so one of the keys is we want to give you tips that help you get people into the top 10%. And that's what we would define as a star performer, someone who's in the top 10%. And if you can get someone in the top 10%, why that magic number? It's kind of a tipping point. Leaders in the top 10% produce twice as much revenue to the organization as managers in the 11th and 89th percentile. So, like Kathy said, if you can get folks to do a few things differently, we call these micro-initiatives that can create a macro impact. And training, we know, is really important to organizations. Most organizations have it and it can help productivity as much as 22%. But coaching, which all three of us on the line are certified coaches, can really add to that uh, training productivity. So if it's 22% for training, if you had individualized coaching, it really helps the organization, and then it can be anywhere of a bump in productivity as high as 88% when you integrate all those good training techniques for folks. And you can increase performance by as much as 77% while increasing your uh, life and professional satisfaction by as much as 50% with coaching. And so if you're interested in more coaching ideas and tips from uh, Kathy, Dr. Kathy Greenberg, her website is www.h2cleadership.com for her happiness books, tools, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching services. And if you're interested in some more information about me, Dr. Riley Nadler, my website is www.truenorthleadership. For emotional intelligence books, there's some free emotional intelligence assessments, speaking keynotes, leadership, and coaching boot camps. So, Kathy, let me turn it back to you. Uh, you and Teresa have done some joint efforts together, and maybe you can take it from here and tell us a little bit more about her. Well, you know, um, I'm very fortunate uh, to know Teresa. We met, as I said, at the Executive Education Program at uh, Walmart's corporate headquarters in Arkansas, and as you could hear um, 
certainly our listeners who are who are with us right now could hear that uh, in Raleigh's introduction, uh, Teresa had spent um, a good deal of time at the Sam Walton School at University of Arkansas, and uh, so she has a very close relationship with a lot of the organizations in that region, including the Walmart organization. And um, it was fascinating to me. We were actually um, there to welcome a gentleman who has been on our program, who you may recall from NASA, Joe Dowdy. And uh, Teresa came as uh, part of the organization that was supporting not only Joe's work with his mentors and students, uh, or as a mentor with his students at the uh, NASA organization, but also because she does so much work uh, doing executive coaching and uh, and using her NWA Executive Coaching Solutions program. So uh, I'm going to kind of go right into our question and answer phase of the program because I think she has so much to share. She's energetic. Um, she's one of those people who you just want to get to know better. And that's what I'd like to do during the radio show time that we have. I just want to say that um, one of the things that uh, Teresa really brings uh, to the table uh, is this really grounded focus on climate and the difference between climate and culture. And really, as you know, many of our listeners struggle with how to change a culture, and we've been trying to tell them now for two years, you cannot change a culture. What you can do is, through your own individual leadership, change a climate around you that permeates like a wave and starts to change the organization around you. And that's the best way you can start your own change in any organization as a leader. So without further ado, I would um, love to welcome our friend Teresa to the show. Thank you very much. It is my pleasure to be here, and it was wonderful to meet you there at Walmart, Kathy. That was a that was a true blessing. Um, well, great, Teresa. Let uh, let us uh, start with the questions, and here's what we always start off with. I mean, we're going to get into specifically around the organizational climate, mm-hmm. but you know, who has been some of your most influential people or thinkers in your life, uh, maybe your career, that have helped shape your thinking today? You know, that informs your work. Well. This may sound a little cliche, but as far as my foundation of how I think about work and my approach, I have to give credit to my parents, my father who spent 22 and a half years in the military and my mother who spent every day of her life managing us. And and I would say that's probably the foundation of of how I think, think about work. But as you grow from there, there has been a host of people. and, And what may be surprising to some is I would say even good and bad leaders I've worked with um, have taught me quite a bit. There's something to be gained from all of those experiences. Teresa, one of the very important components of um, culture and climate, which we're going to get into, are how people define them. So could you tell us what is organizational climate and, and is it the same as culture and how do you differentiate them? Well, that's, that's a very good question. We run into it all the time, like you mentioned. Um, there are a lot of companies that still use the word culture, meaning climate. So let's talk about that. Culture is a much bigger, bigger animal. So we're talking about values, beliefs, myths, traditions in the organization, the norms, um, not something easily touched by a few exercises. So like you said, you can adjust climate, which is more about clarity, responsibility, standards, flexibility, the rewards, the team commitment, the things that live with inside our work every day that can eventually bleed out and have an effect on culture. But climate is more tangible, something you can do and touch, and culture is just a much, much broader, uh, painted with a much broader brush. 
So, so Teresa, just using those terms, uh, so climate, if we're talking about weather, is kind of more the, the daily weather patterns where, where culture would be, you know, more the uh, type of uh, seasonal weather patterns over, over years and stuff? Exactly. Great way to put it. Okay. Well, good. Um, I think that's a good distinction. And so then it sounds like a lot of your work is helping folks make some of those changes, going back to a little bit we said earlier about the, some of the things that, that's within their control, some of these initiatives that can have a big, big change. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you, uh, what is the process of understanding and changing the climate? You know, given that it, it sounds like the big endeavor, you know, what does that look like to an organization? Well, one of the things to think about when you start talking about changing uh, the climate in an organization is to start recognizing the climate in an organization and from recognition, evaluating what's working and what isn't. Um, we know that leadership style creates climate. That's a, that's a given fact in the research. We fully understand that leadership style creating the climate can have a, an effect of up to one-third of the productivity on that organization, positively or negatively, depending on um, depending on that style. So beginning to recognize it at first, asking the questions, doing the surveys, becoming, becoming more um, aware of uh, what's actually going on within the organization. And, Teresa, I'm going to ask you to just pause on that thought for one second. Mm-hmm. And we're going to go to a break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Teresa Ray today on Leadership Development News. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. 
Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Teresa Ray today, and we're really talking about organizational climate. We just separated some of the difference between climate and culture. And then, Teresa, uh, before the break, you were just saying about influence that a leader has uh, over climate. We talked about that in our introduction, but that's really critical. And here at Leadership Development News, everybody we imagine is listening are leaders at some level, and just how much influence they have you know, over the, the climate. And you said maybe up to about 30%. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and you know, in, a, in an organization today in these economic times, if you can get thirty percent productivity out of your people, um, in addition to what you're already getting, that's that's an extreme value. There's so many companies struggling right now. Yeah, that's huge. And then you also were saying about leadership style, so maybe you can say a little bit more, you know, about kind of uh, the kind of the how and why is that is their style so uh, important in affecting people. Well, from the Hay Group, there are six areas um, of leadership style that, that they believe and um, we believe are valuable. All six are valuable. Um, they, ha- they talk about the authoritative, it used to be called visionary, um, affiliative, participative, uh, coaching, pace setting, and directive. And there are positive and negatives in each one of those. What a good leader needs to know how to do is to be fluid within those, mm-hmm. to know when it's time to apply each one of those, what's the best uh, case for each. When a, when a leader comes in with one style and it happens not to be the most positive um, or can get the best results, then the organization suffers. Teresa, can you, you just talked about these, um, these styles and you said some of them have shifted. For our listening audience who aren't familiar with these, can we just kind of take them one at a time and just kind of give them a snapshot of what that is? Absolutely. Um, so authoritative would look like? Sure. The, the authoritative, or used to be called visionary, that leader is um, the one who inspires, um, able to explain how and why people's efforts contribute to the dream or the goals. Um, that person is, um, there's a lot of positive, a lot of positive. And although the word changed in recent publications, so now it's authoritative, which has a bit of a negative connotation to right. it. 
it really is a positive leadership style. So it's more somebody who's taking the authority to design and help implant, if you will, mm-hmm. immerse um, the organization in this vision and then get them going and inspiring them to get there. Right, okay. absolutely. And I think it's, a, it, and that's, it used to be that visionary, so it's really is they're the, they're the ones pointing to where we're going and inspiring them to get there. Yeah, and I think the difference, and Teresa, maybe you can help us with this, is when we use the word visionary, uh, Rally, I don't know if you remember those days, it, it was almost as though they were this sacred person leading, right. you know, this path into the desert when what Teresa's telling us is it's so important for people to have someone who understands the vision and who inspires us to get us there so they have the authority to make that decision. Is that fair? Absolutely correct. Okay, good. Absolutely. So another one is affiliative, and although that sounds more positive, it doesn't have as many positive uh, results to it. That's the leader who's creating harmony, which is important, but at times can can have a difficult time resolving a lot of conflict. So that's someone who likes to, we'll call them the peacemaker. Yeah, and I suspect for most of us who are listening, that's the individual who wants to make everybody happy. Right. And as a result, they don't really make a decision. And the last person that walks into their office is the person <laughs> that they've remembered, mm-hmm. um, gave them input that changed their decision, and then every day it's a little bit of a waffle situation. That's right. I, I think the the goal here is you want to li- you want to be able to use these judiciously. And in, in some of the writings that they have, they use the analogy of the golf clubs. I mean, all these golf clubs are appropriate, but do you know when to be affiliative versus when to be authoritative, at least to hit these first two? Very I good. love it. So so the authoritative is like Big Bertha, huh? <laughs> right. <laughs> Very much. Well, and then there's participative, which is, it sounds a lot like affiliative, but that's, a, that's someone who's really a good listener, um, a good team worker, someone who's actually participating in the work. Again, there's a value to that, not 100% of the time. But there's definitely a value for that leader who knows how to roll their sleeves up and join in with the group. And I think some of that also is, uh, Teresa, do, does the team feel like their voice is being heard from a participative leader? They're saying, so what do you folks think? You know, here's, here's, the, here's where we're going. Give me some of your input. And that, you know, people are, are they feeling that kind of leader wants that involvement. Right. Okay. You know, the one that uh, for most people that I think is a little harder is this pace setting. And it's a new. And when I know when I first heard it, I go, oh, what is that? Maybe you can explain that one. Absolutely. Well, you know, the pace setter is that boss that you can think about with the high energy that's in at uh, 7.45, and so the staff starts showing up at 7.45, and pretty soon they're there at 7.30, and you're there at 7.30, and everyone's staying until 6. And, and the pace setter can actually end up wearing out their employees because they are going at such a fast pace, doing so much, everyone feels the need to keep up. Um, So that person is actually one of the more negative uh, leadership styles. And I I think with the pace setter, it's kind of that individual performer, like you're saying, sometimes a way to look at it, they do these other ones that you just mentioned less, meaning they're they're just kind of getting there and they're plowing through work. So it's almost like... uh, do as I do, I may not do some of these other leadership styles, just do as I do, but they may not be affiliative, they may not be authoritative as much. Right, absolutely. I've worked for a lot of those. (laughs) You get burnt out, you know? You do the death marches and you get burnt out, and sometimes uh, you you think you're doing great because you're on schedule, you know, and under budget and all that good stuff, but the people, their hearts aren't with you, and you leave them behind, and that's kind of sad. And and that leader is not really affiliative, so they're not really concerned about the group as much. And then one of the other ones that we'll get to uh, 
that you can mention, Teresa, is the coaching. So they're not really, you know, connecting with people like they could. Right. Well, let's let's talk about the one that's more negative before we get to coaching. Sure. Um, the directive, the other style, which is, you know, just do it my way or just do it like this or here's the answer, go do it. And that person can also wear people out with um, stifling some creativity. And I know in some of the first goes around, that was the course of, and maybe when we come back after you do this last one, it will be interesting just hearing that from your experience. How do you see that? Because, you know, some of the military backgrounds and NASA and places that are hierarchical, you would think that those that directive, you know, is the common one. So we'll get some of your input on that. Okay. Um, do you want to talk about that now or the coach? Well, let's talk about the last one, and then we can come back to that. Okay. Um, coaching, which happens to be one of the more positive uh, and has the largest effect on staff, and the the reason that that is is you're off, you're constantly asking people what they think and what their opinions are and helping them learn to do their job. So you're listening, you're helping, you're helping them identify their strengths and weaknesses, you're encouraging, you're delegating. So that coaching style has the, the largest effect positively of the style. Now, one of the keys, and I want to check in with both of you, Teresa and Riley, on this, to making the coaching style of leadership work is knowing when to use it. Right. And one of the issues I've seen in big corporations, as you both know, having been a managing partner to large firms, is if you try to use the asking and the delegating without making sure the staff that you're working with have the skills and the capabilities to do that, yeah. you could put them at risk as well as yourself right. in the project. How do you feel about that? I completely agree, and I think that's where... Um, that's where a leader needs to be very in tune and, and have the ability to be fluid because you need to understand the skills and the strengths of your staff before you send them off to, to accomplish something on their own. And I think just to add to that, that's where the coaching hat, Kathy, I think would be that's the, when you have that hat on or use that golf club, that's when you're saying, oh, okay, so where are, where are your strengths? What's your weaknesses? Let's talk about that. What kind of training do you need? Oh, for you, I may need to be more specific about my delegation. Where for somebody else, and if you're not having those coaching sessions, you're not really able to individualize the leadership, and and that may be uh, focusing on the authoritative and other aspects, but not knowing exactly how that person what they need to do to get there. So, would one of the optimal ways to use a coaching style um, be to make sure that as the leader, you really know who's on that team? And as you were saying, Riley, uh, and Teresa's point, you want to spend time with those individuals so you know their strengths and their skills and how to develop them. And then you can give them this, uh, this coaching style right. with more assurance. Exactly. You know, what we uh, just recently interviewed Marcus Buckingham. I first saw this uh, metaphor that he uses. It goes right to, do you know your people? Is, it, is everybody like uh, a piece when you play checkers. And checkers, each person, each uh, checker only moves forward only. Versus, do you know your people like chess players, that each player moves across the board in a very unique and specific way, and you have to know how to utilize that. So that, that uh, visual between checkers uh, and chess players, that would be identified in this coaching skill. Do you really know your people like chess players? Oh, that's a great analogy. So, Teresa, let's go back to the command climate conversation that yeah. we had 
a few moments ago mm-hmm. about what's expected when you work with the military environment. I think that's a, a common theme that you and I have, and you're working with NASA. Can you share a little bit about the surprise that you had when you started working with an official government organization that, you know, has a military background? Well, they do, they do have rules and policies and procedures and standards, and there is an expectation that those are followed. So there is definitely some structure um, in place. And that, you know, alludes to some of that red tape we hear about in government organizations. There is, however, um, a need, even, even in this type of environment, for that discovery of what your people are capable of and um, having those conversations about climate because you can start down a path constantly doing the, the things that are in the rule book and forgetting about the people along the way. And so, Teresa, are you seeing in that population, and Kathy, you, t- you also, is there a little bit of a shift from uh, directive to some of these other leadership styles and the, and the way this Hey Group assessment works? You know, there's six styles and, and they're bar graphs, and so when you use it, you know, the goal from a coaching standpoint is say, well, let's bring down directive a little bit, and can you bring up affiliative, and can you bring up coaching? I mean, have have either of you, have both of you noticed some of that shift in, in kind of what we would think the stereotype military-type uh, organizations? How about you, Kathy? Have you noticed the difference? Yeah, I do. Um, I was pleasantly surprised um, in the years that I have visited with the uh, U.S. Army War College. So, um for me, you know, the experience is different because I'm working with the War College versus the NASA organization. But I think before we get into the meat of this subject, which is going to be very exciting, I'd like to take a break and make sure that uh, all of our listeners know that we'll be right back. This is Leadership Development News, and we're visiting with Teresa Ray. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Company's healthy people to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. 
Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better? What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of uh, Top Performers. We're talking with Teresa Ray. Today we're already talking about organizational climate. And we've just, uh, before the break, we're talking about leadership style and some of the military stereotypes. And, Kathy, you were talking about, uh, we're talking about this directive style, you know, which is what we would think uh, is what happened in the military. But you have some good experience, and then, and then Teresa will have you give your experience around that. Well, what I just wanted to share, and I, I know Teresa has a, a, a different vantage point working with NASA, where you have an organization that truly is visionary. But, of course, they also have to protect lives and, uh, you know, secure uh, the investment that the nation has made uh, in that vision. Um, in my experience with the U.S. Army War College, which has been profoundly positive over the years in their strategic crisis exercises, I'm only seeing a snapshot of the best of the best under conflict resolution circumstances. So what you have in the strategic crisis exercises are many of the things that our executives might be facing who are listening here now when something goes wrong or when there's a a market competition that you didn't expect uh, or you've had something occur in a market shift like we do now in the economy and you have to rally the troops and invest that time wisely to get to a resolution that's good for everyone. And in that sense, and Teresa, I'd love your input on your vantage point from where you sit, I see a lot more of the kind of uh, coaching, uh, asking people, delegating, and getting information, gathering information, so that the authoritative person who needs to help make that decision in a participative way with the team can be functional, can be effective, and can get results quickly. So that, that was my, you know, kind of my piece of, of how I saw these Hay Group styles playing out under that circumstance. I think you're absolutely right. I think the, um, the coaching is definitely what I see more of here and the authoritative, the person who's helping lead that vision. There's a lot of changes going on, especially in the world of, of NASA, and, and get listening, helping people identify where we're headed is, um, is key. So I see a lot of that. And so, given this crisis exercise, it would seem like 
one of the appropriate times to use this uh, authoritative, or no, actually the directive, would be in a crisis. That's when, you know, the time is of, of the uh, limit in that you really have to quickly make decisions. Right, uh, to be used sparingly, absolutely. So, Teresa, just um, going back now to where we were uh, focused on before we got into the leadership styles, and thank you for that clarification. I hope our listeners have gotten a, a good picture, you know, a good visual, a uh, good feel for what these styles are. Why, why is organizational change, as we know it, so hard? And how long does it take to really change an organization, regardless of what style you are using? Well, here's the, here's the good news and the bad news. Um, if the dialogue begins, some changes are almost immediate. So if you can get to the place where you start discussing the different areas of climate in a, in a structured conversation where opinions are starting to be shared and the communication happens, some changes are almost immediate. That's the good news. Simply opening the door to that communication. What the downside to it is, that's when the real work begins. So once the dialogue has begun, we've discovered what's working and what's not, what needs to change, then you need to begin the work. So you have to think of it when you talk about time frame to change an organization. The best way I can compare it is to think about it like a diet. You can't just eat celery every day. At some point, you have to have a healthy well-rounded meal. So we have to acknowledge the elephant in the room, what's wrong, and then you have to design a meal plan or a healthy way of living that you can sustain. So there's not a time frame you can put on the end of it. It really needs to become the style of the organization. They need to morph into functioning in, in a more healthy and, and appropriate way. So that's a, that's a great metaphor. You know, my wife is a uh, registered dietitian and, and always working with people around diet and stuff. And we all know this, and it's hard to do, like you're saying, but you, you don't want to take off a lot of weight. Like, you don't want to bring about too much change. And, uh-huh. and so, I mean, I think people who are successful take off about a pound a week. And if we're right. thinking about organizational change, you know, that's a, probably small increments keeping the momentum going, but it's not like, you know, massive change that's going to be, that the organization is going to repel. Exactly. Now, one of the things that you have identified, um, I think, in your work that you have helped others to include in their change programs are some of the things that someone in a leadership position can do to help change the the climate. Can you talk a little bit about that and and maybe provide some examples? Sure. Um, So the six areas of climate that we're talking about, um, clarity, standards, responsibility, flexibility, rewards, and team commitment. So let's take them one at a time. If I'm a leader and I want to improve the clarity of my organization, which is always a great place to start, because if you don't know anything else, then you've got to have clarity. Um, A leader can start by communicating the strategic direction of the organization, um, explaining how the work of different levels within the organization fit together, inviting employees to discuss strategic direction or tactics to get there. They can establish um, and clearly communicate policies, guidelines, procedures. There's a way for a leader to begin that dialogue and, and provide clarity. And so that's a, that's a key one. And then maybe just for our listeners that we're going with these one by one, can you just repeat them again? Then maybe we'll zero in on the second one. 
Absolutely. So communicating the strategic direction of the organization, explaining how the work of different levels fits with together mm-hmm. to accomplish the mission, inviting employees to discuss uh, strategic direction or tactics to get there, and establish and clearly communicate policies and procedures. Those are some great ways for leaders to begin okay. to provide clarity. Now, going back to the okay. list itself, Teresa, you said clarity, standards, team commitment. What were some of the other things yeah. in that list? Uh, responsibility, flexibility, rewards. And rewards, yeah. So those, if someone's trying to define climate, those six things, at least this again from the Hay Group uh, configuration, <clears throat> those six things really make up climate. Right. If you think about it, I have to have clarity about what I do. I need to understand what I'm responsible for. I need to know the standards in which I'm being measured. I need to know what flexibility I have within that. I need to feel rewarded about what I do. And if all of that is happening, then I have um, a much better chance of having team commitment. And I think um, just go back to our evidence-based and, and that you're talking about, Teresa, <clears throat> there's a Harvard Business Review article that really explains this, uh, uh-huh. le- leadership that gets results, and it's saying how these six leadership styles we talked about each influence these six uh, factors around climate. They do, absolutely. Now, what are some of the things that employees can do uh, to change the climate, and how does that begin? Where does that start? Well, we always hope it starts at the top. So we always hope that leadership is the one establishing these open lines of communication. So when a leader is trying to communicate clarity, um, the best thing for a team member to do is to participate. They want to, you need to have participation throughout the group, developing strategic direction, sharing ideas, um, discussing and making suggestions for improvement. So one of the things that a team member can do or an employee can do is when that door is opened, is to participate. Okay, good. Um, so that's one thing. And as we're talking about this, you know, trying to bring about some of these changes, what are some of the biggest, you know, aha moments for organizations who are going through this process? Because like we're saying, it, it takes a while uh, to uh, occur. And so what, what, what kind of things have you seen that would be a, a big aha I think the biggest aha for leaders is after the first session of open discussion, um, they find out exactly, um, they find out more quickly that things can start changing immediately. Hmm. When it, most leaders are fearful of that first open discussion, so their biggest aha is things can start changing right now. And they find out how interested their staff is in participating. Um, but usually it's the fact that so much progress can be made simply by getting people to talking to each other. And we talk about mm-hmm. communication all the time. It's, it's a constant theme about um, that something that needs to be improved within organizations, but this type of open dialogue can change so much within an organization. Well, we yeah. also know, you know, when we're talking about climate, the Gallup company and other organizations have done a lot with climate, and one of their behaviors is my opinion seems to count. And so just open up this dialogue, right. if people think their opinion seems to count, all of a sudden the things like you're saying, Teresa, they go, oh, this is good. And then the more they talk about their opinion, I think this is the secondary gain. They get more invested in what they're mm-hmm. talking about, which is the organization. Exactly. Well, so we're going to go to our, 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 our next break here. And this is Leadership Development News. We're talking with Teresa Ray about organizational climate, and we'll be right back. 
up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better what do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately how do you delegate effectively how do you develop strong relationships across the organization emotional intelligence training coaching books and tools by dr nadler are available at his website www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066 Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50 to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Dr. Greenberg, co-author of What Happy Companies Know and What Happy Women Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical training for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy herself is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group training, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch her at the Governor's Conference for Women Nationally and as spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America throughout 2009 for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results. To learn more about adding Kathy and Happy Companies Healthy People to your team, visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions that you're just dying to ask, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking to Teresa Ray today about climate and culture. And right before the break, Teresa, we were talking about biggest aha moments for organizations who are going through the change process. And one of the things I want to come back to in that aha is, you know, when we think about what are the signs that the change that we have desired is beginning to take place. And I'd love your comment on the fact that both uh, Francis Hesselbein uh, and, um, of course, for those of you who, who know Frances, she is one of the uh, premier thinkers and provides us with a wonderful journal called Leader to Leader. 
and she was one of the disciples of Peter Drucker and one of his um, early mentees. And, and they said that when a language begins to change in an organization, we know that change is afoot. What do you think about that? Oh, I completely agree. When One of the things I hear from people is, um, and these are people who sit in offices side by side, they'll say, um, you know, it wasn't so difficult to talk to someone today. It wasn't so difficult to tackle something that was um, normally a conflict for us. So the dialogue begins to change. The language begins to change. People start to to feel um, like they're on the same team, not only in verbally, but the, the body language begins to change. The nonverbals change. So when you can start seeing that and feeling it, you'll notice that things are being different. And, and along with those kind of key signs, are there are a couple other things that that are uh, telltale signs that the, the climate's starting to change? Um, you know, it's interesting to note, but it's, um, and, and maybe I see it because I do my practice by going into the organization physically, but I'll notice the energy level in the room is different. Mm. Um, there's an excitement. People are more interested in coming to work. They're not as late coming to work. They stay a little later. They start giving a little more, and that's when you notice the profitability of the organization changing, the production changes, when people are willing to give that extra because they're being heard and they feel like a, a valuable member of the team. And I would call that, Teresa, transparency. There's more transparency. Very much. Right. And then the result of that is a kind of interesting word, discretionary effort. And, again, the A group kind of uses this. And discretionary effort means that it's efforts that's discretionary. I could, I could work on this a little bit more. I could show this to a colleague to see if it's right. Um, and the more the climate and the leadership both enhance, people have more discretionary effort. They want to please the boss. Now, here's a question I have for, for Teresa. Can, can the people, the constituents, the stakeholders, the associates, whatever you want to refer to them, the human, the human capital, can they, can they actually make a change within an organization using this definition of climate if their leadership isn't necessarily on board with them? Pose a very good question, Kathy. Um, the simple answer is yes, but, and, and I hate that there has to be a, a but at the end of that statement. Uh, no one wants to hear that. But this is what I mean. A group of individuals can move their team in a positive direction, paying attention to clarity, standards, responsibility, flexibility, rewards, and their own team commitment. But you can't solve everything in a silo. Um, we know leadership style affects that climate. So they can help each other out by coming together and working on issues and pieces of, of this climate, but they are not going to ch achieve 100% success without the leadership, unfortunately. And, you know, Teresa, I know that we're going to make sure that people know how to reach you at the end of the program, but I want to make sure that for those of you who are listening, if you want to get in touch with Teresa, you can visit her at www.nw acoach.com and I'll say that again that's www.nwacoach.com and those are so important what you were just explaining those are so important for people to understand because sometimes we give up before we've even had an opportunity to know whether we have a chance right absolutely and I think Kathy we've all seen this you can bring about this change quicker if the top leadership is there. And I, I've, I've had this experience, I'm sure both of you have had, you're doing something with one level in the group, and they go, oh, this is great, this is fantastic. And it's almost the next question is, are, are our leaders doing this? 
And that's kind of the validation. You'd like to say, oh, yeah, they have a, a similar program or a modification of this. Often your question, Kathy, sometimes you say, no, they're not. And then, you know, how do we best deal with this, you know, bring about the change this group can make? Right. I encourage every leader to sit in on those open discussions about climate and be a part of the team and not just the leader of the team but, a, but an integral member so that we all move in the same direction. Now, one of the things that um, I'm sure everybody is curious about who's listening is regardless of where the change is coming from and how the climate is, is working, uh, what, what is the time frame? What, how long does this process usually take right. once we've identified an opportunity to make a shift and really truly have a change underfoot? Well, I'd like to say I'd like to be able to give it an, a definite time frame. I can tell you that there are immediate rewards by starting the process, um, and you can get a long way in those first discussions. So by the first session, you can actually start to see the difference. Um, but then again, it is like a diet. You need to choose the, the healthy meal plan you're going to be on and stick to it and make minor adjustments along the way so it becomes a, a lifestyle for that organization and not just um, something that we're going to do this month and then life will be different next month. It really has to be a change that occurs within. Can you share a couple of experiences, maybe one or two, where you can really define how that change began and how it was um, executed successfully. There's a there's an organization in our very first uh, session where people started to notice others in the room felt like they were feeling and they thought they were the only ones. Um, and then as we talked about each one of these areas of climate and we go into each one very uh, detailed and we talk about everyone's definition of those, so there's a, a universal understanding in the room about where everyone's coming from. We've actually solved some some problems that had gone on for months uh, where people weren't getting the right information. Uh, the process wasn't allowing um, people to be able to do their jobs uh, easily. So just in those very first sessions, we've actually solved, solved some problems that have made a difference for people. That's great to hear. And I think just some of the changes where people see in their leaders, and for the leaders on the organization, Kathy, to your question about you know some of the changes, I think if a leader can be transparent, using your word about what they're working on and some of their their personal growth or leadership uh, development needs, when when that person can be that transparent, that has a huge change. And I think in a lot of these uh, leadership development, climate focus, that's one of the things that we hope that leaders are doing, going back to their team and saying, "Oh, here's something I learned." And here's what I'm going to be working on. And all of a sudden, I think that creates this groundswell with their team. Oh, well, you're really serious about this. Right. And then when you keep those sessions going and everyone comes back to the table talking about the changes they've made and now how to make the next step, mm-hmm. um, you have to keep those open sessions going. That's, that's a definite. Well, I think one of the things that you also said is it's, it's really important for people to feel like they're part of something. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I would assume that part of the change and the success of the change is that there's a role in the, in the plan, not for every person, but for every skill set, every competency, every capability. Somebody who's working inside that organization sees a brighter light at the end. Absolutely. And you know, people don't mind changing at all. They mind being told to change. But people, anytime they can see a positive and they can see themselves within the process, I have not found anyone not willing to make changes. 
you know, and we've interviewed some of these brain neuroscientists, and we always think that as we get older, we can't change. And and what they keep saying is, the, between the amygdala and the prefrontal cortex, they're really designed for change. And and so, right. that's a, a fallacy. That in a sense, that you know, we're kind of rigid. Well, are there any parting words, Teresa? We're kind of going to close that you want to say. And I'll, let me mention your website again: www.nwacoach.com. Yes. No, thank you very much for having me on. You two are both wonderful uh, colleagues. I've enjoyed both of your um, books, and I appreciate you having me on. It's been our pleasure, and I hope our listeners will stay in touch with you. And I'm sure that you have many opportunities to teach and learn from those you work with, and I know you'll post those things on your website so people can continue to get into the knowledge exchange. Absolutely. And thank you very much, Teresa. We appreciate it. Thank you, really. This has been Leadership Development News. Thanks for tuning in, and join us next week. Take good care. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Drs. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you're leaving us today with some great ideas and inspiration from today's top leaders. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 